Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Georgia wins the game over Kent State somehow, Jake Rowe. That one was a doozy, huh? I mean, dogs only end up winning 39-22. to 22. I think the spread was at least... 100 points it felt like going into the game, but it turns out Kirby Smart was right about these guys somewhat. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a pretty good team. I, I really like their running backs. I think their running backs look pretty good. Jordan, they, they made Georgia tackle atrociously. atrociously. Uh, and, you know, I think some of that's on Georgia. Some of that's probably the credit to uh, to uh, Kent State. But just that ugly game and one of the, one of the worst kinds of games you could watch uh, because it never was really that close. But at the same time, no, it, no, it, it wasn't. Was, it was like a loose band aid that you can never yeah, rip off. Yeah, it, it just kind of flopped around there for a little while. And, uh, you know, are there any concerns? Uh, maybe a couple uh, overall, not really. I mean, it's, it's college football, man. It is college football. It is college kids. It's young guys. And no matter what Kirby Smart said about Kent State this week, we all knew it was going to be a tough job to motivate Georgia against a team like Kent State. They can watch all the film they want to, but Kent State doesn't have the name recognition that gets you fired up. Now, I'm not making excuses for Georgia today. Stetson Bennett once again looked a little off the mark like he did against Samford. Lad McConkey, obviously his struggles were well-documented, but he still finished as Georgia's leading receiver, and Brock Bowers was the only player who was not hunted by Kent State. Kirby Smart says he wants his team to hunt. They were the hunted today. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, I think Kent State kind of took the fight to Georgia in a lot of ways, and, and not just in terms of, like, uh, just getting the turnovers. I mean, some of that is just, you know, getting a break or two that the other team gives you. Um, you know, just the way they came up and struck Georgia's running backs and, and when they would get past the line of scrimmage and, and make tackles like that. I mean, the, outside of that long run, by Brock Bowers where he picked up 75 yards. There just weren't a whole lot of after-contact type plays. And, um, again, Kent State deserves a lot of credit, but Georgia was just super, super, super sloppy, and not just with the turnovers either. It was it was penalties. I mean, you come away from that game, I mean, Georgia ran the ball well. Going into the final drive, uh, Georgia, had, Georgia was averaging five yards a carry, even if you took out Brock Bowers' 75-yard run. They were running the ball well but the offensive line deserves a slap on the wrist here because of the penalties. I mean, Xavier Truss uh, with another penalty, I think that's at least three and four games and maybe four and four games for him. Warren McClendon gets a hands-to-the-face deal, 15 yards, makes it first and 25 when Georgia's trying to threaten the score uh, there on the first opening drive, I believe, of the second half. And that wasn't the first time I'd noticed it on him. I'd noticed another play uh, up on the screen where he had his hands up in a guy's face mask and they didn't get it called. So, uh, they, they've got to get that cleaned up. They got to get the, the fake punt stuff cleaned up too, because that's, I mean, come on, man. You can't be allowing that back to back weeks. And it almost seemed like we all knew it was coming uh, against with Kent State. One thing you've mentioned week in and week out is Georgia's running back's lack of ability to get past a tackler. And that was definitely an issue today. How can Georgia even shore that up? Is it even possible at this point now, four games in, 
Do you expect that's just kind of what Georgia's rolling with right now at that position? I, I just think they need guys to make plays, and they can. I mean, saw Kendall Milton do it uh, a couple of times once on a play where I thought he was going to get tackled for a, for a pretty sizable loss, and he makes a guy miss. Dejon Edwards continues to be maybe Georgia's toughest running back to tackle. Uh, you know, he, he had a really good drive there in the fourth quarter where Georgia kind of put it away for good uh, with that last touchdown. You know, Kendall Milton did a good job there, you know, it, getting into the end zone. Kenny McIntosh did it. I thought they broke tackles and did a little bit more with it today than they did last week against South Carolina. But, you know, you're playing a team like that and, and you look at the running backs Georgia's had in DeAndre Swift and uh, even, even Zamir White, you know, even, you know, some of these guys that didn't put up gaudy numbers. But, they broke tackles. They, they, they got past tacklers, and, and Georgia's just got to have a little bit more of that uh, if it's going to have the effective run game that it wants. So uh, if you are tuning in live right now, we encourage you to uh, hit that subscribe button, follow Dogs HQ on YouTube, and uh, engage with us. We got a comment here from Matthew C. Jake, you don't have to respond to this one, but – this is the frustration from the fans commenting Stacy Searle's offensive line, whether that's uh, going on or not, whether Georgia is failing to attack right now. I, I don't know. It's four games in, but Georgia I, I wasn't, did look I, a little sloppy today. I think I was, that is something we can all agree on. Yeah. Georgia looks sloppy today. I wasn't my a thoughts huge fan. on this, you know, we focus on Georgia losing all that talent to the NFL. What they lost really – other than that talent, looks like they replaced a lot of the talent. They lost a ton of leadership. And we didn't see a single game like this from Georgia last season. It's the most points Georgia allowed since that Mississippi State game in 2020, the 22 given up to Kent State today. I think that's as much a part of this cake today that Georgia baked between the hedges doesn't taste as good as it usually does uh, as some of the miscues. I think better leadership, and it just comes down to guys that haven't been in enough experiences to say, hey, we got to do better than this, guys, because the play on the field just wasn't cutting it at key moments today. No, and and I mean, they didn't have this type of game last year on defense for sure. Uh, you did, If they did give up a couple early, they got the ship righted and they figured it out. I, I thought, to be honest with you, biggest concern from that game was the second-half touchdown and Kent State's second-half success not just on the ground, but just as the offense as a whole. I mean, God, easy throws. But I'll say this to the offensive line deal, right? I wasn't a massive fan of the Stacey Searles hire. Not at all. I mean, you know, I, I did think he did a pretty good job at Georgia uh, prior to, you know, in his prior stop at Georgia under Mark Rick. But when you look at kind of what happened with, at North Carolina, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Now, if we move on to now, I don't think this – they're not getting beat up front. They're, they're fine up front. They, they actually played well at times up front. It's the penalties. And it's the uh, – in, in terms of the run game, the reason you're not getting more out of it is when they're creating five yards, those guys are getting five and six yards. And that's, you know, too often they're getting just five or six yards as opposed to getting six, 15, you know, 12 here. Uh, that's, that's an issue. And at the same time, you look, again, take away a 75-yard run, 72 carries for 77 yards away from Brock Bowers, Georgia was averaging five a carry going to that final drive. They ran the ball fine. And, and you know, maybe a protection breakdown here or there, that's going to happen to every team in America. Uh, but I, I, I don't have a lot of concern or any concern really about the offensive line execution. I think it's a bigger deal, the penalties. 
What are we looking at as far as Georgia's depth at wide receiver goes? I mean, you look at Lad McConkey's day today, and it's easy to put him in the crosshairs of everything that went wrong. And look, he muffs the punt. That takes potential Georgia points off the board and adds points on the board for Kent State. He drops a touchdown. He fumbles a carry. Stetson throws a pick. All these things add up. That's what leaves the door open so long for Kent State, and that's what leaves guys on the field to get banged up. We saw Kenny McIntosh get banged up. We saw Brock Bowers get a little shaken up. We'll hear more about any injuries like that uh, in the postgame later on with uh, Palmer Tom's reporting from uh, the bowels of Sanford Stadium. But, Jake, if, if you have too many games like this and you don't have the depth like A.D. Mitchell coming back, uh, what are we looking at there for Georgia to get some more playmakers back on the field? Yeah, and they're they're young. They're young at receiver. They've got to get Dylan Bell and Donato Moore set. <clears throat> I'm sorry, ready to play um, a lot of snaps. And uh, you know, Dylan Bell did play a lot of snaps today. He had an opportunity to make a catch and a catch that honestly may have gone for a touchdown if it would have been on the money. Stetson had a chance to hit him. Ball was behind him. Dylan Bell could have caught it, but it would have been a tough catch. And I think he was also worried about getting laid out on the play. Uh, you know, th those guys just have to get ready. I, I didn't necessarily see this as a weapons issue, though. You, like you said, Wes, when, you, when you're going in to score or, or when you're about to get the football back um, yeah, after a three and out and keep all that momentum and you muff a punt, probably takes points off the board. On Lad's fumble, George was in Kent State territory. Uh, on Stetson's interception, they were deep in uh, Kent State territory. That ball was intercepted at the five-yard line. I have no idea what Stetson was looking at. Or what he was thinking with that throw. Maybe I thought he, maybe he was thinking he could sit, uh, uh, rose me down with a back shoulder type deal and kind of stop him there in the seam. I don't know, but uh, you know that those three turnovers, at the very least, those three turnovers took six points off the board for two field goals because I think Georgia would have gotten, you know, a couple of scoring opportunities there. Uh, may have taken as many as twenty-one points off the board. You had twenty-one to thirty-nine. I can do math, and <laughs> you're thinking a lot. But you're thinking a lot differently about this game. Uh, you know, you're looking at a 60-point game there. And, and again, you're looking at, at a lot of momentum. I mean, Kent State scored their first touchdown of the day uh, off of that Lab McConkey fumble, and they hit a big play to do it. Uh, now, that's on the defense, horrible angle uh, angles taken there. That's another thing that I kind of noticed today. It was just a bad – it was a bad game. Bad game for Lab McConkey, bad game for, uh, for Georgia's uh, – uh, for Georgia's defense in a lot of ways, especially there in the second half, I thought. Uh, and uh, they, they've got to get some things cleaned up, special teams too. We'll get to what that could mean for Georgia in a moment. But first, I want to encourage you all to check out the work that our friends at Breaking Tea are doing. Check out some of the uh, NIL agreement deals they have going on for Stetson, Brock Bowers, Christopher Smith, Darnell Washington, and all the other awesome designs they have. BreakingT.com backslash dogs HQ. And we'll also include a link into this broadcast if you're not watching it live and catching the replay. Check out what they have going on. Some pretty cool stuff. Uh, can't wait to get some of it myself. All right, Jake, you mentioned this game today. Just a bad game. You said it's just a bad game. Just a bad game for Lad. Just a bad game for Georgia. These kinds of games are kind of in the rear view right now. I don't know how good Missouri is. I don't know how good Auburn is. They're still trying to figure their own problems out on the field right now. But these kind of games, group of five, FCS, that's done. So how much do you ultimately think a game like this one means 
for Georgia's identity moving forward? I don't think it means a whole lot. I mean, I, I do think, you know, that one thing – you never want to see your team go out there and play a, play a poor game and play a disorganized game. Uh, but, but if you're talking about you know, how you move forward, I think you might get a tiny little behind-the-scenes fist pump. Not a, it's not a happiness, but like a, all right, I've got their attention again. And when I know we said that a little bit after the Sanford game, well, watch what Georgia did. I mean, look at what Georgia came out and did after the Sanford game. They went to South Carolina and just boat raced them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it's pretty clear that this team has had its focused, uh, crisp efforts, and it's had its very sloppy, ugly efforts. And, you know, I, when I look at it, it, you know, it doesn't come as a surprise to me, Wes. It really doesn't. Like, I, did I think that Kent State would stay within 17 today? No, I picked Georgia to cover. But I thought, I thought it would look sloppy early on. And, you know, it kind of did um, outside of that 75-yard run by Brock Bowers. Uh, but but it, it's – you've got a team that's trying to reload. And when a team reloads, it's usually not going to be, if you're trying to reload, you're not going to be as consistent as that veteran team that had 15 players drafted last year. A lot of times those, those drives where you, a team picks up a first down or two, they result in punts. Well, sometimes with, with a younger defense like this, it's going to result in, in, in more than just a punt. It's going to result in a field goal or a couple more first downs and a team hanging around and, uh, you know, this Georgia team knows how to win. It's got a good culture. It's got a good DNA. Um, they just have to figure out a way to be more consistent and, and how, to, how to be better without their best stuff because sometimes you're not going to have it. And that's there's probably another game this season or two where Georgia's not going to have its best stuff. Can it be better than it was today? And can one area of the team pick Georgia up? in games like this, because you saw it last year with the defense. Sometimes the offense would get off to a slow start. I think there was a little stretch there uh, through the middle of the season. I know it was an SEC play where Georgia didn't score a touchdown in the first quarter for three straight games and four straight games or something like that. Well, teams weren't scoring on that Georgia team either. They scored on this one today, and uh, that's something that, you know, they've got to get cleaned up. And they scored on this one, scored off of a turnover. They scored off of a a fake punt. Um, You know, that's – those are all things that, that can be prevented and should be prevented. Let's uh, put the doom and gloom behind us now, Jake. We've hammered it home. Georgia played a bad game. The highlights here, one of them, Pop Dumas Johnson. What did you see from him live? I saw some awesome stuff from him on my TV screen. Heard a lot about him on the radio today. But you saw him in person, in action today. This seems like it could have been his best performance to date. In the first half, you know, he, they, they cooled him off a little bit in the second half, and they were able to get him blocked a little bit. And I know he missed at least one tackle or, or an opportunity to tackle there in the second half. But in the first half, I thought Georgia – I mean, I, I was having, you know, visions of, uh, of, of number 17 and number 7 and number 41 that played inside linebacker for Georgia last year. That's what kind of dynamic play. Uh, he had a tackle for no gain, and he had three tackles for a loss. He, had, he was credited with two sacks. Uh, he was all over the field. He played a re- at a really high level there in the first half. And then, of course, the other highlight today, Brock Bowers, a lot made this past week 
call it rat poison if you want to, about Brock Bowers and Stetson Bennett's Heisman candidacy. Obviously, Stetson continues his streak of 250 yards passing and one rushing touchdown. So even on his not very good day, like you mentioned, he found a way to grind it out and still do his job on the field today. Uh, it does have that one interception. But Brock Bowers continues to play at an insane level. How can people still underestimate what he's capable of doing? On that long 75-yard run, yeah, Kent State maybe doesn't have the best guys on the field. There's still bad angles being taken. He cuts the corner and he's gone. It's just amazing to watch him game after game. Todd Gurley, a guy you mentioned at halftime, someone that continued to be a game changer individually. We're watching something special right now in Athens, and, and Brock Bowers is back for another season after this. Yeah, and and the thing about it that, that just it just I can't harp on it enough is like that anticipation of when he gets he gets the ball in his hands, you're like, is he, I think he might score with this, especially if he's got any room at all. And like you said, you continually see these people uh, try to tackle him and they take bad angles, or, or they maybe get a piece of him they can't get him on the ground. It's uh, he's special. He is so special, and George is really fortunate to have him. He makes everybody uh, on that offense better. Um, he makes a Todd Munkin a better play caller, Stetson Bennett a better quarterback, and uh, makes Georgia obviously a better football team. And, uh, you know, I will say this. I, I noticed also him kind of limping around there, a little bit shaken up. Um, he, he did go back into the game. They caught a timeout there, and he went back into the game uh, for that final touchdown there. So I, th I think he should be all right. We were speaking about receiving options earlier. Matthew C. weighing in again here. Uh, given that Dominic Blaylock has looked good in limited reps, had a big catch last week too, looked good today, do we expect him to move up in the wide receiver rotation? And do you think he's still able to take super senior season or is this his last year no matter what? I've lost track of his eligibility, but you may be on top of the ball better than me. Yeah, uh, Dominic Blaylock's got two more years because, you know, he played the 2019 season as a true freshman, missed the entire 2020 season taking a red shirt because he tore his ACL same ACL in, uh, in his um, in preseason camp that year. So he missed that that entire season. So he was able to take a red shirt and he should get a COVID year for that as well. Uh, so he's got, you know, uh, if that's the case, then he should have two more years, but he's at the very least got one more year. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's two. Uh, back to the running back topic. Tomahawk Dog says, I don't think Kendall Milton should be second string right now. We've seen him break tackles in years past. Tennessee game comes to mind. Now he can't seem to run through people. That's more of what you brought up. Um, but Dejon Edwards did look good today. And before Kenny McIntosh got shaken up, he was decent as well when it comes to shaking through defenders. But I agree. When I watch Kendall Milton, I don't see that same bruiser of a running back. On the TV broadcast, Matt Stinchcomb, Taylor Zarza were talking about how Milton – is the part of the Georgia backfield, the dynamic that typically, you know, you think about Zamir White or Nick Chubb has a little bit more thump behind his shoulder pads. I'm not seeing that right now. Is he limited health-wise, do you think? Uh, not that I've known. I mean, I know he was during preseason camp. Maybe that's still affecting him a little bit. I think one of the things you're running into with Kendall Milton is he's very upright. And uh, I'm just noticing a lot of people get into his legs Um unabated like without having to maybe go through a shoulder pad or, or something to get there and then when they're getting there they're holding on they're getting him on the ground and uh you know i, I mean I, I think he's definitely a better runner now like i said I, and i pointed this out earlier he took a tall sweep and it ended up being a penalty a holding penalty on the defense but he took a tall sweep and he 
they had him. They had him dead to rights there about two, three, maybe even four yards deep in the backfield. He made a couple men miss, pulled through a tackle, and got back to the line of scrimmage. Maybe even got a little bit more. So uh, funny comment, observation here from Saturday in Athens podcast on Twitter. Once again, Brett Thorson has evidence on Stetson Bennett that he doesn't like Australians. That's a tweet that went back to the opening week. He didn't have to punt today not really in the fashion that Georgia would want it to be. It looked nothing like that Oregon no. game. But uh, but once again, Thorson gets to stay on the sidelines. Any other high-level thoughts, big-picture thoughts, or uh, nitty-gritty detail thoughts about this team, about this game today, Jake? I know a lot of fans will be ready to flush it as Georgia gets ready for that night game at Columbia next week. I put this on Twitter. Uh, overall concerns, like for Georgia's process or culture, team none. I think Georgia's really talented. We've seen what Georgia can do when Georgia comes out and plays well. But, I mean, Georgia didn't even play solid football today, okay? I think if Georgia comes out and plays solid football, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine in the regular season. It's got to continue to get better. There are two things, though, two very specific, more nuanced things that concern me. One of them is the, the one I brought up with the special teams. Two fake punts two weeks in a row. I have a hard time believing that they won't get that cleaned up. I had a hard time believing they wouldn't have got it cleaned up uh, after that first fake punt against South Carolina. My, my bigger concern is you've seen – it wasn't the same against Samford because Georgia went into the half of 27-0, and, and that one felt a little bit different. But the offense came out – or 30 to nothing, and then Georgia came out uh, and, and scored just three points in the second half. Well, today, I, I, I said this at halftime, um, I thought that a second – a better second half should be expected. It wasn't great. You know, they outscored Kent State by, I believe, one point in the second half or, or something like that. I mean, I mean, I feel like if you're a, if you want to be a really good championship football team, you can put a bad half behind you and then be what you really are in the second. We haven't seen Georgia come out and do that when it hasn't played its best football in, in the two games it has this year. So if there is a concern for me, if there's a legitimate long-term concern, it's just the inability to kind of right the ship and come back out in the second half and uh, and play the dominant brand of football they're capable of playing. Yeah, I think you hit that on the hit that on the head. I mean, that's what I was wondering about from a leadership perspective. Kirby said it in the spring that he was surprised by how much leadership the team had but it still wasn't to the level of what you had from N'Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker. I mean, you know all the names. And right now you're just watching a team that has the talent. I think today you saw if it wasn't Georgia not getting up for the game, I want to give Kent State credit and what they did schematically and in pre-snap and all the things that they did to give you trouble. That's what Kirby Smart said during the week. And – you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I, I could see how the comments he made are things that people would roll their eyes at because Kent State had the record they had. But when you watch them give Georgia fits with their pre-snap motions, I said they look like the Savannah Bananas because they're back there doing all kinds of rotations at quarterback, confusing a lot of Georgia's younger defenders. You can only practice against that so much. And then on defense, the – the ways they disguised their coverages obviously gave Stetson a little bit of trouble, but also potentially confused uh, some of Georgia's skill players. And then you also add Lab McConkie's struggles. The good news for Georgia is that Kent State specializes in doing all that stuff. 
And I don't know how many other opponents on Georgia's schedule have those kinds of things in their bags to go out there and confuse Georgia to that extent. Like you said, if this team can put a bad game behind them, if they are the team that everyone said they were, then they'll put it behind them. But you and I also had the caveat earlier this week when we spoke on Wednesday. We didn't know if this Georgia team was as good yet as everyone said they were because it was only three games in. Does one game prove us right? I don't know. Probably not. But there's still a long way to go, and we'll see what these dogs do. For now, it's another win for the number one ranked team in the country. Georgia stays perfect. We invite you to be perfect with us. $1 for one year of premium content at dogshq.com to celebrate the national championship, celebrate the team being number one, celebrate Jake Rowe reviving his career with Dogs HQ. We appreciate it, my man. Uh, appreciate your insight and look forward to more uh, post-game reporting. Follow Palmer Toms. He's hearing from Kirby Smart and the players. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll have all those press availabilities right here for you as well. And then we'll also be live tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, after we have some time to think about this one, get the rest of the scoreboard from a really fun day in college football, see how the landscape shapes up today and uh, what looks what the landscape looks like tomorrow evening as well. So you don't want to miss that. Jake, thanks as always. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.